Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, let me ask you a question. Could God prove he's real? Well, there's lots of proofs. In fact, you look up to the skies, there's no way man did that. God could step out this morning. It'd be neat. And he stepped out into heaven so that the whole world, 7.2 billion people see God. And he speaks, hello, I've got it, in a million languages. Would that solve the problem? That would solve it. There's God! Why won't God do that? Because you have to walk by faith, not by sight. Have you ever heard God tell you to do something that just seems just way too impossible to do? Have people even told you you were crazy to attempt to do that thing? Today on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will tell us that real faith defeats doubt and will move us into action so we can move on with what may seem to be an impossible task from God because he gives us complete confidence that he will do what he said, what he's promised to do through us. As we've learned already, real faith always has action, works, and fruit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 21, with part one of his message entitled, Real Faith Defeats Paralyzing Doubt. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of James, chapter 2. We finish it today. That's a swinging bridge over a deep ravine. How many of you, when you look at that, the first thing you say is, I'm going for it. Let me, let me see your hand. How many of you said, there ain't a chance over my dead body? At the beginning of that bridge, there's a little sign, and it says this. This bridge can hold up to three people, total of 300 pounds. Well, you're one of those few people that want to go for it. So you start out on that bridge. As you go a little ways, you notice from the other end, somebody else has started from the other end. You yell out to them, hey, how much you weigh? Is that a smart thing to do? That's a very smart thing. And they say 150. And you go, well, I'm 150. That's fantastic. So you keep going for it. Now, let me ask you, if you had real faith as you begin to walk, what two things would you consider? Well, number one, you'd have to believe the guy that said he weighs 150. (laughs) If he's lying, you're in trouble. So you'd have to believe his word. Secondly, if you're going to be a person of real faith, you can't just stand there and go, well, I believe you. I believe you. You'd have to what? Begin to walk. That's what we're going to talk about today. Real faith is not knowledge. It's action. It's knowledge that's put 
into action. Now, if you doubt as you stand at that bridge, that unbelief will paralyze you. Our whole goal in this teaching this morning is real faith defeats paralyzing doubt. Now, every one of us doubt. We doubt in the physical things of life. We doubt in the financial. We we doubt in the spiritual. There isn't a person I'm talking to that has real perfect faith. We have faith, but we often doubt. Sometimes we even doubt God in his word. Like we would have doubted that guy. You you sure you wait? You You look a lot different than 150 to me. So we're going to talk about how we can defeat that doubt that keeps us from accomplishing what God wants. So here's the first thing. You're going to hear me say this many times this morning. So I want you to look at it. Let's say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Real faith defeats doubt and moves us into action. Real faith defeats doubt and it moves me into action. Just turn to your neighbor this morning and say this, this teaching is about action. Would you just tell him right now? This teaching is simply about action. Now, when we talk about faith, there's a couple things we have to go back to as far as basics. Romans 10, 17, here in Melbourne, Vieira Sebastian, you guys, online, listen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we don't get faith spiritually from listening to people. Doesn't matter what they say to us. We get faith from listening, reading, hearing the word of God. Like the guy that says, I'm 150. I don't have to doubt God. Every word is true. Now, what is faith? What's that definition of faith? We all have faith. You know, when Linda and I got on that plane in Singapore and then went to Moscow and then came back to here, you know, 30 some hours later, we we had faith that the guy flying it was not his first time. It was good. This is like a training session. We had faith. You have faith. Here's definition of faith. If you've never written it down, write it down, put it in Hebrews chapter 11. Faith, complete confidence that God will do what he said, what he promises. When he speaks to us in the word of God, he will do it. Now, one day, Jesus made this statement, have faith in God. You see, the object of faith is not a man. It's not a church. It's not a pastor. The object of your faith has to be God and his word. You see, real faith is always based on a command or a promise from God. Now, let's begin James two 17. You turn there in your Bible. Here we go. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomplished, remember, it's all about action, if it's not accomplished, accompanied by action is, what's it say? It's dead. It's dead. Real faith has to have action. Faith without action is simply dead. But real faith is consistently alive and, and you see it because there's ongoing action. I, I can stand in front of that bridge and go, I know it'll hold me. I absolutely know it'll hold me. No question about it. I'd love to get on that bridge. It will absolutely hold me. You can stand there all day. You say, well, I have real faith. No, you don't. It's here. If I have real faith, I'm going to get on the bridge. I'm going to take a step to prove my faith. So that's what James has been talking about. And, and here's the first thing you want to write this morning is this. Real faith is never alone. Now, we're saved by grace. We don't deserve it, none of us, by faith, by believing, by trusting in God. But it's after that, it's never alone. 
to prove that you really got saved, there has to be some action, some works, some proof. There has to be some evidence. It's not just in our head. Now, real faith will defeat doubts. That's what I want. I don't want to be paralyzed by doubt in my life. Now, James gives us an example of how that looks. Just look at me for a moment. James is going to talk about lots of people say they have faith, but it's up here. But it never reaches their heart and their life and their lifestyle. So watch what he does. Look at the next verse. You believe that there is one God. Good, James says. Even the demons believe that. And actually, they believe it so much that they shudder. They know there's a God. Look at verse 20. You foolish man. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? So where do I see faith without action? From demons. James reminds us that if you believe in God, good. But if there's no change to your life, if nothing ever happens with it, no good. It's dead. James says demons believe in God. Demons believe in Jesus, but they do nothing about it. To be a Christ follower, a person must act on that belief. They must repent, confess Jesus as their personal Savior, and begin following him, begin to become like him. See, there's action of all. If salvation is that bridge, it's the start of that. You're saved by grace, and then you take a step of believing and repenting, and you begin a lifestyle of following Jesus. See, demons believe. James says, you want to see a fully example of dead faith? There's their faith. We have a lot of people today. A few weeks ago, I was in the eye doctor doing something with one of my eyes, and it was a guy, and we were just waiting out there, and so I just talked to him, and I just said, to, you know, we're all waiting for a few minutes, and I just said, yeah, like, where do you go to church or whatever? Well, I'm not really into church. I said, really? I said, what about God? Oh, I believe in God. I said, well, really? What does believing in God mean? Well, I believe there's a God. Well, well how, what do you do with it? Nothing. And then, of course, it was too late. He, he snuck away and went to the office. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that real faith? See, he thinks he's going to heaven. Is he going to heaven? No, he's not going to heaven. You say, well, how do you know the pastor? There's nothing to it. Demons believe in God. Do you think a demon's going to heaven? No. They never confessed. They never repented. There never was a personal change. So that's what James is talking about. In our life, real faith results in a transformed life. What you saw was water baptism is a person that has real faith. Because here's what happens. The Great Commission says, go into all the world, teach them, that's what we're doing this morning, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They've taken the second step. They've been, it doesn't save you, but they're obeying God. Now, maybe you missed the baptism. Maybe you're a brand new Christian and you missed the baptism. Or maybe you've been here 10 years and you haven't been baptized. What's wrong with you? That's a command. Just follow through. It's very simple. We'll have another baptism in a couple months. Come join us at the ocean. It's great, great. Sometimes the waves are so big, you get baptized two or three times. It's <laughs> exciting. Now, to show us, James talked about dead faith, but to show us alive faith, something that's really real, he gives us two evidences, both, which I think is amazing, from the Old Testament. One is a man. He's a Jew. The second one is a woman. She's a Gentile. So we're going to talk about Abraham, and we're going to talk about Rahab as we go through. So look at verse 21. All of our campuses. Was not Remember, James is Jewish. Our ancestor, Abraham, considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. 
Now let's turn to Genesis chapter 15. Keep your finger there in James and we'll be back. Let's go to Genesis 15. Let me give you a little quick history. Abraham, God came to Abraham, who he was a pagan. He worshiped idols like his father did. And God came to him and said, I'm going to establish the nation of Israel with you. And through you, the whole world's going to be blessed. He gave him all these amazing promises. And Abraham started out on this journey of faith, of following God. Well, as they were working that relationship, God came to Abraham one day and basically promised that he would have a son and that his descendants would be as numerous as the dust of the earth. And through that relationship of that son and that lineage would come Jesus Christ. So, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, are older. No children yet. God's promised it, but no children yet. Let's look at Genesis 15, verse 2. Watch Abraham, who is known as really the father of faith. He's a hero of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. But you're going to see doubt in this amazing man of faith. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate, is it going to be Eliezer of Damascus? In other words, is my servant going to be the one that's going to be my so-called son? And Abram said, you've given me no children. You promised me, but as yet it's not happened. So a servant of my household will be my heir. So what do you see in those verses? Abraham's doubting. God promised him a son. Abraham says, look, we're not getting any younger. We get really old. Ain't going to happen. So is the son not coming to me? Is it going to be my, my servant? Is that the one? Now, look at verse 4. This is hugely powerful. Then the word of the Lord came to him. God spoke to him. Look at me. Everybody look at me. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Notice, then the word of the Lord came to him. What's God going to say to Abram? Is God going to say to Abram? What is wrong with you, you weak man, you? I promised you. What's your problem? You think I'm a liar? No, he doesn't do that at all. See, God understands our doubts. What's he going to do? He's going to encourage him. Look what he says to him. This man, Eliezer, your servant, will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. So, look, this is important. When we have doubts, God understands it. It's hard for us sometimes. So, God doesn't discourage Abraham. He encourages He just comes back with the same promise. Look, I promised you. Let me just repeat it for you. It's going to be okay. There's going to be a son between you and Sarah. This is the son that I promised you. And look at verse 5. He took him outside and said, look up into the heavens. Count the stars. Indeed, if you can count them. Then he said to them, to him, so shall your offspring be. Now, verse 6, if you've never underlined it or circled it, you need to circle it in your Bible. It's one of the most important verses in all the Bible. Watch this. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. You see, Abram had a choice. He can either believe the promise that God repeats, or he can say, well, there's no proof. At this time, there was no proof. Sarah hadn't come to Abraham and says, hey, you know, I'm a little nauseated in the morning. Got some crackers for me? No, there's no proof of any pregnancy at all. Now, Abraham believed without proof. That's faith. That's hard. Look at the 
the principle that's difficult for us. Look at, look at this verse from Paul. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. We live or we walk by faith, not by, say it with me, not by sight. So here's the principle you want to write down. God designed our lives to be lived by faith, the promises of God, not by sight. Now, to be very honest, it's much easier for me to live by sight. If I see that guy in the bridge and I, and I happen to know him and I know him, he weighs 147, I'm on the bridge right now. It's easy for me to know that. But God says, no, just trust me. Abraham, there's, there's no proof. Just trust me. Well, I don't, uh, but, yeah. Remember, our faith is not about a man. It's in God. God's always true. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when you see this, it is easier to walk by our senses, what I can see, what I can believe. But God says, no, no, no. In fact, Hebrews 11 says this, God can only be pleased by faith. Maybe you're an agnostic or an atheist in one of our campuses this morning. Well, there's lots of proof for God. But God says, no, you must believe that I am and that I will reward you. Uh, If you accept me by faith, without sight, I'll credit you righteousness. You can be right with me. See, most people say this. Here's what people say. God, you prove that you're real, then I'll believe you. Here's what God says. You believe, and I'll prove to you I'm real. Well, I like to live by that. Who cares? You're not God. (laughs) Now, let me ask you a question. Could God prove he's real? Well, there's lots of proofs. In fact, you look up to the skies. There's no way man did that. God could step out this morning. It'd be neat. And he stepped out into heaven so that the whole world, 7.2 billion people see God. And he speaks, hello, I'm God, in a million languages. Would that solve the problem? That would solve it. There's God. Why won't God do that? Because you have to walk by faith, not by sight. Now, one day we'll see him as he is. Until then, we do this thing by faith. There's plenty of proof, but it will never be proof, ultimately. We live by faith. Now, when you see that, Abraham believed finally. He goes, okay, I get it. There is a child coming. He believed God, and God said to him, because you believe with no proof, you're right with me. You're righteous. See, that's the truth of salvation by faith alone. When you and I are saved, we're saved because of God's grace through faith. There's no proof then. There's no proof. Proof comes later because it changes us. Now, notice this happened before Abraham had done any good works. He doesn't do anything good. He's not even been circumcised, which comes way later. So it wasn't a good work. This was totally by faith. Now, back to James 22, 22, where you had your finger all over campuses. Watch how James talks about this. Remember, James started out in verse 21, says, Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Now watch what 22 says. So you see that his faith, and we're going to talk about his actions in a moment, were working together. And his faith was made complete by what? He did. Look at verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God totally by faith, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. Now, why would he be called God's friend? Because God can only be pleased if we believe by faith. 
That's what pleases God. Now look at verse 24. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. So James says this. There's going to be some action, and we're going to see it in the Scripture, that proves that this faith was real. It just wasn't head knowledge. It's going to be from his heart. Now, turn, if you will, to the book of Hebrews. and It'll shorten the story for us. Hebrews, toward the end of the New Testament, you'll see what it is. Hebrews chapter 11. And you're going to see... A story that's very difficult for us because we never see God asking this of anybody except himself with Jesus. It's kind of picture of Jesus going to the cross. As you get to Hebrews chapter 11, I want you to look at me for just a moment. Abraham became a believer because of grace and faith. We're saved by faith alone, not by works. But faith has to be tested to prove itself it's real. Faith is a muscle. Faith is a muscle. You see, if on that bridge, you, you can start out on that bridge, even if you can only go maybe a quarter of the way. Well, you, you've exercised it a little bit. You kind of got going. Faith is a muscle. So he's going to give Abram a test for his faith that you and I have never, ever been tested. Never this way. Look at verse 17. By faith, Abram, when God tested him, notice, he offered Isaac. So now they have a son. His name is Isaac, his only son, as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise, God said, you will have a son, he has a son, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Does that remind you of anybody? God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. And was Jesus Christ sacrificed for you and me? Yes, he was. He died on the cross so we could be saved. So this is kind of a picture of that. Look at verse 18. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So God asked Abraham to offer his own son as a sacrifice. That's weird to us. Now, that's an amazing test. Just look at me. What is going through Abraham's mind? Okay, the promise from God was that I have a son. Didn't happen in his time. Eventually, he has a son, Isaac. From Isaac is going to come Jesus and all these amazing things because every world is, every person in the world is going to be blessed because Jesus died for the whole world. Okay, I have my son. He's growing up. One day, God comes and says, sacrifice your son for me. Say what? Kill my son? If I kill my son, number one, that's ridiculous for me. Number two, how in the world is the promise going to be fulfilled? I mean, you told me he's going to be a son and from that promise is going to come the Savior of the world. So he's, he's struggling with that. But watch what happens in the next verse. Watch what happens in his mind. God gives him an insight. His faith is going to pass the test. Look at verse 19. And Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. See, Abraham just said this. Look, I trust God. I don't understand this, but I'm going to obey God. I'm going to put this into action. So in his mind, he's already sacrificed his son. And what he's saying here, he reasoned that if I do this, if I follow through physically, I know that somehow God will raise him from the dead. So are you ready to cross the bridge? Pastor Mark opened today's teaching with the picture of a suspension bridge. The bridge represented how doubt can paralyze us and stop us from doing what God has called us to do. He told us that real faith, the faith that comes from belief in God, defeats doubt and moves us into action. Action to show others what our faith is and who our faith is in. In his letter, James addresses 
practical issues of life that are as well as current as this morning's newspaper. You know, in our hostile world, we know that trouble is, well, simply part of our lives. Hardships, disappointments, tragedies, rejection, fear, persecution, conflict, unrealistic expectations, financial marriage, and even family troubles. You see, God's Word never promises us to spare us from these trials, but God promises always to help us face these trials. Well, the book of James speaks to many of those issues. It's interesting that James himself, who was Jesus' half-brother, never really became a believer in Jesus until after the resurrection. So we see from James that he struggled with these same things about belief. And because he overcame that and came to faith in Jesus Christ, he writes to the Jewish people that no matter what you're facing, you can overcome the hostile world. A world that really is hostile to biblical truth and to a biblical lifestyle. Now be sure and tune in next time. We will hear how Abraham had faith in God. Even when God asked him to put his faith into action and sacrifice his one and only son. That's when we walk by faith and not by sight. There may be those times when what God is asking us to do makes no sense at all. But we walk ahead one step at a time, following His path that He has laid out for us. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world. Giving. Lord, let us hear your